Hi, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. How do I answer difficult questions that my children ask me? Questions about divorce, about sexuality, and other controversial, hard-to-answer questions. So we're gonna deal in that question. We're gonna unhinge it just from parents because grandparents have to deal with this and kids have to deal with this at school. Employees have to deal with this with their colleagues, neighbors. We're engaging with this world. And so you're gonna face some big questions about life and faith. And so today I really don't wanna answer a question for you as much as I want to empower you to get engaged dealing in the tough questions of life and faith with the people that you do life with. Now I couldn't think of a better person to come along and help me occupy this seat today as we break open the scriptures together than a legend in our community. He's the principal of Faith Academy. You guys put your hands together for Mr. Barry Pickering as he comes. He, he's cooler than the other side of a pillow. I mean, this guy is cooler than cool. Talking about LL Cool J right here in the house. One more time, you guys give it up for Mr. Pickering today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Here, Man, Jesus is better. Where, where did that, that wasn't in the first service. The Jesus no, is better. It, it, oh man, Jesus is better. That's, amen. Are y'all here? Jesus is better. Better than anything. Man, you pumped me up with that. I didn't know that was coming. I, that was awesome. I know, I heard you. I thought you're Baptist over there. I shouted. I heard that. <laughs> I heard that. But you know what? It's just, it's awesome what God's doing. You know what? That's a great thing is the people that worship together. We don't have labels other than the label Jesus. Jesus is better. And we're made right with God through Jesus Christ. So, you know, whether you raise your hands, or some people raise their hands like this, some people like this, you know. You, some people like. You do that? Did you do that one? Because I did not, I felt a little action over there. It's like the apostle yeah, there. The Holy Ghost got on you, right? And, uh, and then, you know, some people are just not. They're just personality-wise. In fact, those little connect cards we do, we have an altar call for introverts so that you could put down your prayer request right there if you don't want to come. We want to just see God work. So anyway, Mr. Pickering, awesome to have you in the house. Awesome to be here. Hey, would you tell me a little bit about Faith Academy before we get started? Because we do have a subject matter expert that's here with us today. That's a debatable. But, uh, you know, God has blessed us um, over the years. Faith Academy started back the year before I was born, and uh, God has just blessed our school. We moved over to um, Ziegler Boulevard and, and Tanner Williams there where they come together um, in 1988-89 school year, the year I graduated from Faith Academy, and God has just, we've seen such growth over the years, and we've seen many of the students that have, uh, are part of this church that have come through uh, the ministry of Faith Academy and have been sent out through the ministry of Faith Academy, and, and we've seen it grow, and you know, God is, um, it's not all about numbers, but uh, he, he blessed us with great growth over the years, and this year we're ministering to about 1,960 kids, which is up awesome. about 120 kids from last that's year. That's awesome. I told the first service, I said 1,960, that's, uh, for a preacher, that just means 2,000. That's right, you just, round up. You just roll it on up. It's beautiful. Dude, I think we have a picture of the campus, just a bird's eye view. Yep. I mean, it's a beautiful campus. You built a new building this year. 
In the process of growing, a, we, we are starting a, a pilot program with Career Tech this year, mm-hmm. uh, getting kids ready to go into the workforce that are not meant to go to college. And you see education taking that um, path because yeah. there are so many professions that um, as older people retire, they're not being, those spots are not being filled. So we're trying to get kids ready to go right into the workforce. And so we're adding on and uh, we hope to be ready when school started, but we should be in in yeah, January. It's a, it's a beautiful campus, 137 acres. That sounds right. Some, yeah. All together. Because I did my he homework. He did his homework. I, you know, it's not only that I did my homework, but I'm a super fan of Faith Academy. I really believe in what you do. We have amazing educators uh, that have infiltrated the schools all over Mobile County, Baldwin County in Memphis, our newest campus there. We have some amazing educators, administrators, and we're so grateful for you. Um, one of the things as a parent, is that you know Christian education, private education, uh, is um, sometimes it doesn't feel attainable because it's so expensive. And you know I don't know how Faith Academy has done it. I know Mr. Skelton is a super genius. Yes, he's a super genius. Um, he's a th- faithful servant. Yes, he is. After every football game, you will see all the teachers roll out with trash bags and make sure every piece of trash is up. And Mr. Skelton, the I mean, legend right out there in the middle of it. So, uh, but it, it's a, so affordable relative to, you know, other schools and all of your buildings are debt free yeah. on top of that. Yeah. God has blessed us with the, yeah. with, you know, being, having a vision of staying debt free and that helps us keep our tuition down. It helps you keep your head when things are a little crazy that's, too, like COVID right. rolls around or something like that, you yeah. know, economy. Um, but thank you as a, as a parent of, of three kids at Faith Academy, two that are there, one that just graduated. I want to say thank you for your investment in our kids. And we have a lot of kids that are, uh, that are in faith. We had some you know, parents that were trying to get their kids into faith, but there was just no more room this year. I think there's a waiting list. Waiting list in some grade levels. Yeah, that's, that's really wonderful. So uh, Friday night, there's a great ball game. Yeah, uh, the faith, Mud Bowl. Yeah, the Mud Bowl, I'll tell you what, it's 28. Faith racked up 28 points in the first quarter. Yeah. And uh, close it out 42 to 6 That's or correct. so. And I see some of our ball players back here right now. And so um, awesome. Absolutely awesome. And um, so I think that's a picture. That's probably Christian Burnett there Christian running. Christian Burnett, that's correct. And I noticed Christian Burnett is, is leading off on his uh, on the roster as a linebacker. We all know he plays running back too. Right. But he, he plays he got, dual roles. Yeah, so a lot of threat. our kids do play dual they're, roles. They're bad. They're, they are, I felt bad for those kids yesterday. <laughs> the team looks really good. Yeah, um, and then we have baseball. You've done pretty good in baseball, too. Been blessed. Won a couple of championships in the last three or four years. Two, two state championships in the last four years. And we're talking 6A. Right? One 5A and one 6A. 5A, one 6A. But I'll tell you what, in the 6A, I'm pretty sure we beat the 7A champion, too. And one, one of those years, I know we were USA Today top 10 baseball teams in the nation. I see another baseball kid back here right now, too. So... Really good, and I think that's, uh, that's one of our kids right there in the middle, that's Hoppy. Yeah. Michael Hopkinson, he's now playing at Samford, and you know, it's very typical to see the ball players come out on signing day, Auburn, unfortunately, University of Florida uh, this <laughs> last year, Shamar James, that was a shocker. Um, the nice thing um, about um, having a University of Florida degree, though, is you can hang it in the window of your car and park handicapped, though, when you're, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. <laughs> It's, I mean, when you think of how many steps you have to take to get into Publix every time, I don't know how many times you do that a week, multiply it out over the course of your life, that University of Florida degree probably save you about 75 miles of walking in your life, you know. But uh, 
pretty amazing stuff. And I want to say thank you because not only are you um, training um, the kids to know Jesus and to have good academics, um, but you're, you're mentoring, uh, you're modeling, uh, you demonstrate excellence. I think a lot of times we think that the things that we do in the name of Jesus, we can just like patch something together and throw it out there. And, you know, we're doing it for the Lord, so it doesn't have to be excellent. And what I see in Faith Academy is you really, whatever it is, you put your hand to do, you do it as unto the Lord. Amen. So, that's, our, that's kind of our goal is everything we do as unto the Lord. Yeah. That's above my office door, as unto the Lord. You guys smacked that on the way out, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wanted to brag on that just for a little bit. And then also to say thank you and to all of our uh, administrators and educators in our church. Uh, You are not the most influential person in the life of children, but studies say you're the second most influential person next to parents. And so we're really grateful for uh, spirit-empowered, Jesus-loving educators. They're out in our community. So we're appreciative for that. Um, But one of the reasons that I wanted to have you here is because I know you encounter big questions all the time. You're dealing with, if there's a question, it has been asked probably in your office. Yes. And so what do we do? You know, just give us some of your thoughts really quick. And then we'll get into the scriptures and we'll share some, some more. But just from your experience, what are some of the things that you would say to us as parents, as neighbors, coworkers, in handling those big questions about life and faith, the really tough ones, uh, the ones that you know the answer to and you want to be careful how you answer them? What would you say to us? First thing I would say is um, approach. And this is something that we have done with our teachers. And we've been very intentional with this is approach the big questions and the hard questions from a biblical worldview. The first thing that we need to teach our kids is that God created you. God created all things. Over a six day period, he created it all. And at the end of every day, what did he say? It is good. 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 And then on day six, he created man. You know what he said? It's very good. It was made in his own image. Mm -hmm. And so we teach them to know that God created us first and foremost. And God created them uniquely. So I encourage you as parents and grandparents to start conversations with your kids at a very early age. And as they grow, it'll make the hard questions a little easier to answer. Mm -hmm. Because of the relationship, and they, they, there's no fear of them being able to ask. I can ask a hard question because they'll listen to me on the little stuff. They spend time with me. And so you build that relationship with your kids and, and have a continual conversation throughout their life and be intentional in, in, in teaching them from the very beginning. God created you, and he created you unique. He created you a boy. He created you a girl. And there is a difference. Yep. And there, he was intentional in, in creating you a boy or a girl. And he has a plan for you as a boy or a girl to be a husband or a wife. And show them by example. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Mm-hmm. Love your husband and serve your husband. Just as he said, tells us to do in the scripture. Yeah. Show and, it to him first. And those, those are important. Those are important things. I think one of the things is we come to some questions and we're like, oh my goodness, I don't want to, I don't want to answer that or to a relationship, to a, to a conflict. And we're just afraid to go into it. Here's what I would say to you. 
if we don't teach our kids what to believe, this world will teach our kids what to believe. That's right. And so you may not know everything that needs to be said, but you better show up because there's a battle going on. Yeah. And your hesitation, your, your desire not to be embarrassing, your, your desire not to have a challenging conversation, I understand it's all very polite, but we do not have that luxury today. It's 2022, and I don't know if you noticed, but there's an agenda out there, and I'm just saying, between me and the Lord and me and my family, no, we are not going to give up this ground. This, this is the family God gave me. This is the church God gave me. This is the city God gave me. We're going to show up and we're going to speak. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah, if we're not actively involved, if we're not actively involved in our kid's life and have that hard conversation, what's the hard one? Every, everybody knows the hard conversation. Every man knows that the hard conversation is that one. That, that, the it's talk, the birds and the bees. The talk, just go ahead and get on the into talk, that, right? You know, you got to have the talk. You know, I will never, I'll never forget um, my dad picking me up and he took me on a trip for the talk, right? Yeah. And I think his idea was going to drive a long ways from the house so that we'd have to have the talk. And if I tried to exit out of the talk, <laughs> I had nowhere to go but in the car. Yeah, and- my, my son had nowhere to go but to math. Now, my, I'm, and I, t- I told this in the first, first service and it's kind of a funny story, <laughs> but I heard from one of our cafeteria workers that they were saying a certain word in the cafeteria, not in the cafeteria, in the locker room, in the uh, weight room. And she kept saying it. They're saying this. In the, I said, would you hush? There's other people around. <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to say the word that they were saying. But they, they, and so I got home, and my son, uh, you had to fight him to get him to do his math. He's like seventh grade, and he, did, he hated to do the math homework. And it, what was the point anyway? He, he had it all in his head. And, and so what was the point of writing it down? And so I had to fight him for him to do his homework. And so I said, son, I heard y'all were talking about, and I used the word that the lady had said with me in the locker room. I've never seen him grab a pencil so quick in his life. Grabbed the pencil. He said, I don't know anything about that. And he started doing math. <laughs> and I said, put your, put your pencil down. I said, it's time for us to talk about something. So we started having the talk. And every time I'd get to a, a stopping point, he'd say, I don't know anything about that. And he'd go back to doing math. you know. And then, and then so I'd, I finally said, son, would you rather do math than talk about this? He said, yes, dad, please. And so he started doing math, you know. And so it, was, and so it, it had to be a conversation that started somewhere. I probably should have started way earlier than I did. But it started somewhere. And then it opened lines of communication to where he, had the, he was comfortable being able to talk to his dad about things that matter. Because like Brother Travis said, they're going to learn from somewhere. And it's better to learn from yeah. the truth, the truth right. of God's word. Right. That's good. And, that, you know, it's not just questions that are being asked, but it's questions that are being, being asked of our people. Yeah. You know, for instance, you give, we were talking about uh, phones. You know, you give your child a phone and then suddenly they have social media and they have access to everything immediately and all by themselves. And they're, they're left to the influence of strangers, influencers. I mean, I don't even, how did this influencer get in our house? I don't even, who is that person? Um, so being willing even to pick up the phone and say, well, let me look at your phone, you know, or, um, Hey, it, when you, when you go to bed, your devices stay outside or, you know, have software that you can monitor, uh, what's going on, some kind of rules. I actually have a friend that has done a discipleship, um, manual for the church, um, it's like the, the cell phone 10 commandments. It's for kids. It's how to have an honor code with your kids. I, actually, we want to put that to work here in the church. 
But those are the things where we, we need to show up and we need to be visible and help our kids ease into that world. You, you can't keep them out of it. Yeah. So you got to put, you got to put them in there at some point, but also you don't want to put them in too soon. There are certain things get, that get, you get exposed to and awakened to, and, and it doesn't need to happen too early. And you know, all at, all at I've once. had kids that have gone, had to go to counseling because of something they accidentally saw yeah. on their unfiltered cell phone. Yeah. And that's a shame because of the fact, you know, we, our cultures began to use uh, the cell phone, which is a great tool. But it also, our, the, the world, Satan is using it as a tool to get to the minds of our kids. And if we don't put some clean eyes or mm-hmm. some kind of a filter into our, our, our uh, kids' phones, uh, we're doing them a great and into their And into their hearts Absolutely. as well. You know, thy word have I hid in my heart. That I may not sin. That I won't sin against you, right? And so we, we going back to your thoughts about a biblical worldview. If we don't get that biblical worldview discipled into our kids, then we can't expect that their thoughts and questions and words and the things that they engage in to actually go through that filter. And so that, you know, that's another question. So what do we do? Let's go to the scriptures and see what the Bible has to say about how we answer these questions or how we show up to these questions. In uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, here's what the Bible says. Um, Keep in mind, this is coming from Paul, a veteran, the most veteran moment in the trajectory of his ministry, talking to Timothy, this young leader that's taking his place. Timothy would go on to be the pastor at Ephesus, the largest city in the world at the time. If it was not the largest, only barely behind Rome. This is a, it was a mega city at the time. And, uh, and he was going to be the pastor of the largest church basically in the world. And Paul is saying, son, I know you've got some things coming. Let me give you my hit list before I'm out of the way. Here's what he says. Verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Sorry, I think it's actually 2 Timothy chapter 4. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Now, here's the instruction. Preach the word of God. Say that with me. Preach. Preach. The word, the word of God. of God. One more time, put some on it, okay? Preach the word of God. Be prepared. Say that with me. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Uh, other translations, King James says, be instant in season and out of season. It's favorable or unfavorable. Well, I wasn't planning on that. Uh, it doesn't matter. It, the, this is preparation, not planning. When you're prepared, it doesn't matter if you're ready or not, you just, hey, it's time to go. Um, it says, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming. I really feel like Paul could have said, for 2022 is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. We're covered up in that today. Amen. Denominations flipping for myths, social myths, sexual myths, psychological myths, a bunch of postmodernism, a bunch of nonsense that denies the authority of the scriptures. Listen, to the best of my ability, every Sunday I will come, I will lock my knees, I will stiffen my spine, I will look right through you, and I will preach what this word says. Amen. Amen. 
And you know, I don't want anybody to leave the church. I don't want anybody to. But if someone leaves the church because of the truth, then all we're seeing is the fulfillment of scripture because this gospel, the Bible says, is offensive. It's a gospel of offense. Why is it offensive? Because it tells us things we don't want to hear about ourselves. And when we hear those things about ourselves that we don't like, which is sin, then we have, then we have the opportunity to come to Christ. But if we never hear what sin is or understand that there is a penalty for sin, we have no need to submit ourselves to Christ. And if we don't submit ourselves to Christ, we won't be saved. And if we are not saved, there will be no transformation. And me personally, I think that according to the word, according to my experience, and according to my greatest hope for Pathway Church, is this church will be full of sinners and people being saved, people saved, people being transformed and restored, and God on this whole trajectory of working in our life. And I don't want to, for a second, to barter away this birthright that God has Amen. given us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we, not just me, we, mothers and fathers, fathers and mothers, neighbors, colleagues, employers and employees, that we would be faithful to preach the whole truth yes. and nothing but the truth. Amen. Amen. Can we bless God for the word Amen. today? So chasing after myths in verse five says, but, but you, even though some people are chasing after these myths, you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. And then this last part is the most encouraging part of verse five. He says, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. I can't tell you how many times I've heard it right here at Pathway. Pastor, I just don't know what to say. Let me tell you what Paul told Timothy, work at it. Just work at it. Don't worry about being as good as somebody else at sharing. Uh, just work at it. Start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. And the more you work at it, the more it'll work. The more God will bless it. But I'm telling you, a little is lot, much when God is in it. That's a song that I heard. Yeah. And if you will get out there, you'll partner with the, with the Lord. Jesus is the majority. And it doesn't matter how small our contribution is. If we're on the Lord's side, we're on the majority Amen. side right there. And so let's give God to work. Let's don't self-reject our own application to the opportunities that God brings up. Let's step in there and partner with the Lord. Let's see what he will do. And I believe if we will act, then he will be faithful. If we will plant seeds, then seeds will come forth. But we got to do our part in that process. Amen. Amen. So, and then you got to work at it. Now, let me give you just really quick those six little uh, bullet points there that uh, Paul gives Timothy. Uh, number one, you got to talk about God's word with people that you love. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people say, well, you shouldn't shove your religion on us. But what I've noticed is I've, I talk about things that I love. Yes. You know, you don't have to work real hard for me to talk about my kids or to talk about Kelly or to talk about my Bronco, yeah. you know, which I sold yesterday, but that's another story. But I got pictures of it. I got pictures of my grandkids. Do you, do you have pictures yes. of your grandkids? I think that might show up there. Maybe. Yeah, they're awesome. The big one's Jeffrey. He's two years old. He is my heart. Loves to ride a golf cart or anything that has wheels. And then my two-month-old is Henry. And I'll tell you all about him if you've got a couple of hours. Yeah. We, we could stay all afternoon. I could tell you all about him. Um, I think that's the best use of Facebook right there. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and as, as I raise these kids or partner with my son and my daughter-in-law in raising these kids, I got to be real. I got to be transparent with them because, you know, God created us and he said at the end, very good, but then sin. 
Pastor Johnson's already preached about it. And if he ever stops preaching about it, you need to let him go somewhere else. Because sin came into this world and it messed it all up. And I am, just like Paul said, the chief among sinners. And so I mess up in front of my kids. I mess up in front of my neighbors. And so when they see a sin, they don't expect you to be perfect just because you're a member at Pathway Church. They expect you to be a sinner just like them. And so when I mess up, I just say, you know, that was one of those fallen moments where I blew it. The lawnmower got the better of me, and I started saying words that are not pleasing to the Lord. I'm going to tell Mr. Skelton. I know that. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's just be real. And, and so what did you just do? When you've done that, not only did you talk with people you love, but you talked about the God you love too. Yeah. Even in talking about your own shortcomings, what you're doing is you're saying that, hey, God saved me, he restored right. me, and, you know, I failed you, yeah. though, but I failed you. And so it's, it's crazy to me that we would fall for the lie that says, well, you shouldn't discuss religion and politics. Why would I not talk about my faith with people I love? Right. I, I've actually heard people say, even about outreaches that we do, ministry outreach, I said, well, you know, if you tell them about Jesus, it's going to look like a bait and switch. I said, I, you know, I'm not, first of all, you didn't pay for this and you're not even out there. So I don't even care what you, you know, I've yeah. may, I don't say all that. I may Internal. think about it and I may say it, but not that way. Yeah. Um, but ultimately our hope is because of Jesus. It's not in the, I don't know. I think, I think we gave two or 3 million pounds of food during the shutdown in 2020. The food does not save people. Jesus saves people. Yes. And, and so we want to talk about Jesus with people we love. Also, um, we need to prepare ourselves by studying the Bible before we get to those moments. Now, if, you just, uh, if you've just come to Christ and you're saying, well, I'm not informed enough, you are informed enough. You have a testimony. You can share what Jesus did for you. You always have something to say. But as you grow, you need to be in the word of God so that you are prepared. I don't know what to say, right? Get in the word of God, read the word of God, read it daily because you love Jesus. And then as you get into situations then you can go dip into that well. And what I've experienced time and time again is that when I get into places, sometimes the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the word of God that's been placed in my heart. In fact, sometimes it's scriptures that I memorized as a kid that God brings them back to me in those moments. So be prepared. Number three, be patient. Be patient in your instruction and correction. Everything is not going to get built in a second. Your neighbor is giving you a hard time. There's some conflict there. You're frustrated with yourself. You're frustrated with them. Be patient in that. You've got somebody in your small group that's just living way below their calling and you're seeing them repeat problems over and over again and you know, don't, don't throw them away. Don't be, don't be terrible to them. You know, patiently instruct and correct. And of course, the closer somebody is to you, the more you instruct. The farther someone is from you, the less you instruct, right? It, it'd be weird if I'm, you know, instructing the server at Waffle House, you know, but for my kids, my family, yes, I, sh- I should patiently correct. We tend to overestimate what we can do in the short term and underestimate what we can do in the in the long term. Did you, would you ever believe that Faith Academy would have 1,960 students, 137 acres? I don't even know how many buildings that is. That baseball stadium is amazing. Yeah. The new football stadium, it, it, it's, it, 
Yeah. It's bigger. It was packed yesterday or Friday. Right. Um, did you ever imagine that back in 1989 when you were graduating from uh, faith? Never had a, a clue that I would even be there. I uh, didn't have intentions of going there mm-hmm. when I when I left. But um, it's amazing to see what God mm-hmm. has done because of faithfulness of servants mm-hmm. and his faithfulness to his servants. And so Dick Braswell, when that was in his mind, I know he's a person of vision. Yeah. But I also know that visionary people a lot of times want to th- see things move quick, more quickly. Right. And, but look at what God has done over time. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary. Right. So God puts a Tim Skelton in Dick Braswell's life yes. who sees things come to uh, fruition over time mm-hmm. and has a vision of we're going to do this to God's glory. And the only way he could see us doing that to God's glory is to be able to keep it to where as many people as possible could be part right. of that ministry and go through that ministry. So you had to keep it affordable for common people like me. And so the um, way he did that is he would not allow the school to go into debt. And so we are, have a multi-million dollar facility that's been built over time, one phase at a time, completely debt-free. I think it's awesome. I think we ought to give the Lord a great big Amen. hand clap for that today. And if I could just take that truth and bring it over here to our lives, because there are relationships that we're engaged in today that you go, I wonder how this is ever going to work. But don't you dare underestimate what God can Amen. do. That's right. And don't you dare get weary in well-doing and quit. You know, we plant the seed, we water it. It takes time for it to grow. You know, maybe a little bean sprout just shoot up overnight, but an oak tree takes a while. So be patient. Let's see what God can do. So you, you want to be patient. Um, and then you want to instruct and correct is what Paul told Timothy. And I, I like that order there. Instruct first and correct. It's not right to correct somebody for something you haven't instructed. So there's instruction first and there's correction. And now, it, it, Timothy, just hang in there with this church. Instruct them and correct them. They're going to still do some stupid things. You stay at it. Don't let them wear you down. You stay in there, believe the best for them, and draw out what God's placed in their life. You do that. And then number, number five, encourage. Encourage them. Find, find the things in their lives that are worth building. If all you do, you're like Chinese water torture, dropping truth bombs on people from the word of God, and you never say, hey, man, it's really great to see you, Mr. Pickering. It's really, you know, if you, if you just aren't... Can you just be real for a minute? Just chill out and relax. Stop, stop taking everything so seriously and encourage one another. Build one another up, whether they're in faith or not. You can encourage people. And then lastly, I like in that last verse there, um, verse 5, he says, Timothy, work at it. And the reason he says work at it is for the same reason a lot of you will say, Pastor, I just don't know what to say. Or I'll get a phone call. Hey, can you, can, can you come down? I would like for you to talk to this person. Yes, I will. But Trust me, God put you in their life so that you could talk to this person. And, you know, you can talk to people. You can talk to people in ways that I can't talk to people. And if God has given you a particular influence, it's because God trusted you with those people. And so Paul says, be instant in season and out of season. Patiently instruct and correct. Step in there. Be ready to answer. The Bible also says 
that we, it's our job to tear down vain philosophies, vain imaginations that exalt themselves above the name of Jesus. So when your kids come home and they're spouting off something crazy that they heard at school, something crazy that they heard from their, their friends, it's your job to right-size it and put it in the right place. It, it's, may, it, it's not that it's bad, but it, it's been twisted or it's been elevated above the Lord. And it's your job to deal in that. So don't be afraid to step in it and then work in it. Yeah. And just don't quit. Amen. Now, the last verses here that I'd like to share, verse 6 and 7, is really, is my hope for you. Paul was finishing his race, and he's given Timothy the last things he has to say. And what I think you're going to see here is that your life will be the greatest answer to people's biggest questions. How you live your life will matter so much more than what you say. In fact, I would say that we're less of a megaphone and more of a stamp. Our people become who we are, not what we tell them to be. Our kids don't do what we say, they do what we do. And so your life lived for the Lord out over decades. I mean, this isn't some quick church growth kind of deal here. I'm all glad for getting people in the door. But this is that kind of thing where your transformed life, lived for Jesus, lived out of the word and empowered by the Holy Spirit, will change the game for people that God's placed in your life. Here's what Paul says. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. There's more out of the glass than is in the glass. I've given everything I've got and I'm going to finish this race. I can see the tape and the finish line just barely in front of me. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Get the word of God in you. Study it. Talk to the people that you love about the God that you love. But by all means, you finish this race and you live your life for Christ, giving him everything that you have. Overcome your failures by the power of God. Just keep moving past them. Failure isn't final unless you make it final, unless you lay down and quit and die. But as long as you can breathe, go ahead. Can you feel that? If you breathe, you feel a pulse, it might be dim. It doesn't matter. As long as you've got some breath in you, God is still at work. And you finish that race. And in your living, honor the Lord. And in your dying, honor the Lord. And I promise you, your life is the greatest sermon you will ever preach. It's the greatest testimony that you have. And God wants to work in you today. Amen. Won't you stand with me and let's ask God to do his work and his will in our life today. That he would do our greatest dreams and our hopes for the people around us. In fact, let me just ask right now, as we were talking today, as we were going through the scriptures, is there anybody that would say, I have some people in my life that do have big questions. They're going through things or challenges. They may not have verbalized a question, but they're, they're at a decision point in their life 
and I know that I occupy a critical role in their life. And I'm asking for the Lord to give me wisdom so that I can be a key figure in them navigating through life in a way that honors Christ and more than anything, that they'll know Christ. If that's you right now, if you have somebody like that in your life, would you just raise your hand right now? I just want to pray for you. Just go ahead and slip up that hand. Amen. God bless you. God bless you guys. Go ahead and lift it up really good. Really, I mean, I know that all of us do, but I'm talking about for people that right now there's somebody that's really on your mind and we're going to ask that God will do that good work. Let me ask this. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I'm at a decision point myself. And the truth is that I know that I've been asking a question and answering a question regarding my faith with my life. And I know in my life, I'm not right with God right now. I know that I'm not, but I want to be made right with God today. If that's you, just right where you are, slip up your hand right now. Just go ahead and lift that hand up. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Up in the balcony, God bless you. Over it airport, South Haven and Foley campus. I know God is working. God bless you. Amen. I don't want to miss anybody. Is there anybody else that I may have missed? Just go ahead and slip up that hand really quickly. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for those that first of all have acknowledged that they're making a decision today to honor the Lord with their own life, that God would align them with his word, that you'd be forgiven You'd be saved and you'd be healed. You'd, you'd repent of your sins and that you would turn to Jesus and that God would forgive you. You'd be made right with him. You'd follow him today. I want to pray for you. And then we're going to pray over everybody today. But right now, Father, I pray for my friends today that are saying that they need you in their life. I pray that you would touch them and minister to them. Lord, you know the things that they're facing today. I pray that you would forgive them, heal them, restore them in a relationship with you. Father, you would do your good, strong work. Your word says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I pray that you do that for my friends today. And so all of us here today, we pray this together. Please repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Who came to die for me. Who came to die for me. And resurrected so that I would be saved. I'm a sinner and I need saving. Forgive me of my sins and make me right with you. I acknowledge that you are my God. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. And I want to follow you with everything that I have. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's bless God for that good work today. And of course, it takes more than just praying a prayer. It takes the grace of God. And so if you prayed that prayer and that's your desire, then the grace of God is at work in your life and you are saved. And I believe I am saved. I believe I'm being saved and one day I will be saved. And I'm praying that all of you that started a race today, that you will finish this race well. And you can all join us in prayer here. Uh, let, me, let me also say this. If you've made that decision for Christ today, we'd love to get your information. We want to take you public with your faith in Christ. But we want to pray for everybody here today that has these people in their life that you're asking that God is going to use you in a significant way. And I'm going to ask Mr. Pickering if you would pray for us today. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I come before you, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be in your presence with your people. 
Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in situations where, yes, they're hard questions, but God, you empower us and you anoint us to say life and speak life. Lord, I pray for this church, Lord, that this will be a lighthouse that always speaks life at the airport campus, at the Foley campus, at the South Haven campus, here at Moffat Road. God, I pray that there will be life that comes from this place. Lord, we pray for your anointing over Pastor Johnson and his family and the family of Pathway. Lord, I pray, God, there is an anointing. Lord, I thank you, God, that they are a lighthouse on a hill in this city, Lord. And Father, we pray that you will continue to grow them, Father. Show them, Father, the things that they can do better. Lord, I pray, God, that you would help them, Father, to develop in their relationship with you, Father, so much that they just reach out beyond the four walls of the church, beyond the city of Mobile, beyond the state of Alabama, beyond the United States, into all the world as they already are reaching out. Father, I pray, God, for your holy anointing to be on them. Father, that whatever they do, whatever they touch as a church, God, it will prosper because you prosper it. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's bless the Lord. Let's thank him today. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.